I'm pulling on my driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for the drive to work. And I'm in the middle of talking about Modern Horizons. So I think I'm, I'm up to F. So we're talking all about card-by-card stories from Modern Horizons. Okay, so we're going to start with Fairy, Fairy Seer. Harder to say than I thought. So that's for a single blue mana. It's a 1-1 Fairy Wizard. It's a creature. It's got flying. And when Fairy Seer enters the battlefield, scry two. Um, it's the only fairy, by the way, in the... I mean, not counting changelings, obviously. It's the only uh, natural fairy in the set. Um, there's been a lot of... One of the things, uh, when people commented on the set, one thing they wanted more of was more fairies. So they also wanted more merfolk. Um, we only had so many slots, so obviously we uh, spent, for example, a lot of our blue slots on ninjas. Uh, so one of the comments I got on this card was, could this have been a ninja? Uh, and in retrospect, I, I wish we had made this a ninja. Um... I mean, I don't know if it fits the ninja deck and this and that, but I feel like we've got to flavor it like a ninja, like it's, you know, scrying and seeking information out or something. Um, although I guess it's getting your information. But still, um, I think this could have been a fun card if flavored as... I mean, we don't have a lot of uh, one-drop ninjas, so this could have been... I think this could have been cool as a ninja. I don't think we ever thought about it being a ninja, so I don't think that discussion ever came up. But I believe if we had thought about it early enough so that it could be concepted as such... I don't know. I believe this could have been a ninja. That's my belief. Okay, speaking of ninjas, Fallen Shinobi. So three blue-black, so five mana total, one of which is blue, one of which is black. It's a 5-4 zombie ninja. So it is both zombie and ninja. Uh, It's got ninjutsu, uh, two blue-black, which means if you spend two blue-black and return an unblocked attacker you control as a hand, put this card on the battlefield from your hand tapped in attacking. Uh, Ninjutsu is all the way back from Betrayers of Kamigawa. This was the ninja mechanic. Um, when Fall in the Shobi deals combat damage to a player, that player exiles the top two cards of their library. Until end of turn, you may play those cards without paying their mana cost. So this card is kind of cool in that, I mean, most ninjutsu have some reason that when you surprise and it turns out to be a ninja, uh, it does something. So often they have saboteur abilities. So this saboteur ability is, A, it mills them. It, it takes cards from off their library and removes them. Although, instead of going to the graveyard, it exiles them. Um, and then it lets you cast them. Uh, and, and cast them without paying its mana cost. So, pretty exciting. So, sort of, I'm kind of like stealing your spells, which feels super ninja-y. So that one, luckily, is a ninja. Um, but anyway, uh, black and blue are the ninja colors. My guess is this is the black-blue build-around for ninjas, the gold card. We normally have a gold card for each of our themes. Um, I don't know rarity here, so maybe this is a rare. But, I mean, it could have... It, it sounds like it's the build-around. Um, my only thing is it's a, it's a little bit sexy for uncommon. So maybe this is the rare, not the uncommon build-around. Because being able to cast spells off your opponent is not something we normally do at uncommon. Although Modern Horizons has a lot of things where we, we push things a little bit rarity-wise. So I'm not 100% sure. Um, but anyway, I think it's a cool card. Next, Farmstead Gleaner. Uh, costs three generic mana. It's a 2-2 Scarecrow. It's an artifact creature. Uh, Farmstead Gleaner doesn't untap during your untap step. Two, untap symbol. Put a plus one, plus one counter on Farmstead Gleaner. Okay, so the untap symbol... Uh, for those that read my blog, I talked about how the set had between 40 and 50 mechanics depending how you classified mechanics. I mean, non-evergreen mechanics. So untap falls in that gray area. It's not a keyword mechanic, but it's sort of a mechanic. It's definitely a, a thing we don't normally do. Um, we did the untapping. The untap symbol showed up in Shadowmoor. Um, 
And it caused some problems, uh, two things. One is, even though it was an inverted version of the tap symbol, meaning the, the, uh, the arrow goes the opposite way of normal and it's inverted, meaning instead of black, a, black, um, a black line on a silver um, uh, square, it's a white line on a black. It's like it's inverted. But um, even so, people are so imprinted on what the tap symbol looks like that without sort of being aware that, oh, there's an untapped symbol, people just read it as the tap symbol. And I know when you compare them side by side, they're different, but just in a vacuum, it just seems like the tap symbol. Um, so A, people were playing it wrong. And B, what we learned is, for some reason, certain effects are just harder to wrap your brain around that just, even though when you know what it's supposed to be, like, okay, I understand it's the untapped symbol, not the tap symbol. Um, it's just something that people really, it's just, I don't know, it's just whatever the opposite of intuitive is. It just really flies in the face of how people think it works. And so it was just very, very hard for people to play. They just, they sort of cramped up. Um, now, I know there's people that love the untapped symbol. I, I actually enjoy the untapped symbol. Um, but I think my brain wraps around new concepts. And part of my job is to do that. So I wrap around new concepts quicker than most. Um, but anyway, we were coming back. It's the expert set. You know, it's, it's, we're doing all sorts of mechanics. And so we thought we'd do a uh, untapped symbol. Also, this is on a Scarecrow. Scarecrows, there are a bunch of players who are very fond of Scarecrows. A lot of Scarecrow fans. I get a lot of requests for Scarecrows. So I'm happy we could get a new Scarecrow in. Um, and definitely one that... Uh, the, the, the interesting thing about it is um, if you have two mana and it's tapped, you can untap it. So it doesn't untap normal, but you can basically you can pay to untap it. Um, and when you pay to untap it, it's get, it gets bigger because the activation puts a counter on it. Um, so the cool thing is if I have this thing tapped and I have two mana open, you have to treat it as if it's an untapped 3-3, three, three. Um, which is, I mean, there's, there's a lot of threat there if the opponent's understanding what's going on. Okay, next, Feaster of Fools. Four black, black. So six mana total, two of which is black. It's a 3-3 three, three demon, so kind of, kind of small for a demon, um, but you'll see in a second why. Uh, it's got Convoke. So Convoke is your creatures can help cast a spell. Uh, each creature you tap while casting the spell pays for one of the mana of the creature's color. Um, so Convoke allows you to pay. Um, uh, it's got Flying, and it's got Devour 2. As this creature enters the battlefield, you may sacrifice any number of creatures. The creature enters the battlefield with twice that many plus one plus one counters on it. So the reason it's kind of small is you can devour things and make it pretty big. Uh, and so the idea is, this is the, the cuteness, this is one of the... Um, uh, the mix and match, where it has two different mechanics. The idea here is having a lot of creatures is beneficial on Convoke because it helps you cast a creature cheaper, and having a lot of creature helps with Devour because you can eat them. So the idea is if I have four creatures, for example, out, I can uh, cast this for Black Black uh, and then eat them all, and it will come into play with eight. So for basically Black Black, I can cast an 11-11 creature. Now, given, I'm eating four creatures, so there's a cost there, but... Um, Anyway, so the, the synergy there is pretty nice. So I, I, like I said, as a fan of Mix and Match, um, as I explained in the uh, podcast about Modern Horizons, I made a lot of Mix and Match, not all of Mix and Match. Like, I was very eager to do a whole bunch of Mix and Match. Uh, we ended up doing some, but not nearly in the volume that I had, I had intended or hoped. Uh, maybe one day we'll do a Mix and Match set, uh, a supplemental set. Okay, next. First Slivers Chosen. So this costs four and a white. Uh, it's a 3-3 three, three sliver. 
Uh, sliver creatures you control have Exalted. So Exalted means whenever a creature you control attacks alone, it gets plus one, plus one until end of turn for each instance of Exalted among permanents you control. So Exalted was the Bant mechanic in Shards of Alara, Bant being uh, white-centered, so white, green, and blue. Um, interestingly, it was created by Brian Tinsman, and it's one of the few mechanics that when it was first pitched to me, I really thought it was not a good mechanic. I thought it was too big a hoop, or too tiny a hoop, to jump through. I guess in hoops you want. Tiny's the problem. Um, but we played with it, cause, you know, and it ended up playing really well. Way, way better than I thought it would. I really was pleasantly surprised how well it played. Um, anyway, when we were doing our brainstorming for Slivers, uh, we had a, one day, we were like, okay, let's name every ability, every keyword ability that is acceptable. So, modern legal, before up to Dragon's Sark here, that we thought would just be cool on Slivers. And we were really trying to come up with crazy stuff. And one of the things I pitched was Exalted. Because if Exalted is good, but Exalted is better if all your creatures have Exalted. So when I stick down this card, all my slivers get Exalted. So all of a sudden, if I attack with one of them, it gets huge. Uh, and anyway, when I first pitched it, I didn't know if we'd actually make it, but I thought it was cool. Um, one of the things we were trying to do is just make up, you know, put abilities on slivers that we, we heard it for the first time. like, wow. So anyway, I was happy that we actually made this card. That same meeting, by the way, is when we pitched um, slivers with, um, um, what does the first chosen have? It has uh, flip cards to reveal it. Um, what is that called? Cascade. It's the same meeting that we pitched uh, Exalted, we pitched Cascade. I think we also pitched Unearthed in that meeting, too. Um, so it's kind of funny, the first chosen and first, first sliver and first sliver chosen are two of those. Okay, next uh, is oops, sorry, it's going the wrong way. Okay, next is four or oh, the forces. So there's four forces. Uh, so the white force is force of virtue. So um, they all have different costs. They're all they all have two colored mana in their cost, and they either cost one uh, mm or two mm. So let me go in color order here. Okay, so Force of Negation is two white-white. They're all enchantment. Oh, I'm sorry. This one's an enchantment. The other ones are not enchantments. If it's not your turn, you may exile a white card from your hand rather than pay the spell's mana cost. Flash. Creatures you control get plus one, plus one. So it's an anthem, but an, a flash anthem. Force of Negation, one blue-blue instant. If it's not your turn, you may exile a blue card from your hand rather than pay the spell's mana cost. Counter-target non-creature spell. If that spell is countered this way, exile it instead of putting it to its owner's graveyard. Um, black is Force of Despair. Force of despair. Uh, one black, black, instant. If it's not your turn, you may exile a black card from your hand rather than pay the spell's mana cost. Destroy all creatures that enter the battlefield this turn. Red, Force of Rage, one RR, instant. If it's not your turn, you may exile a red card from your hand rather than pay the spell's mana cost. Create two, three, one red elemental creature tokens with Trample and Haste. Sacrifice those tokens at the beginning of your next upkeep. And Force of Vigor is the green one, two green green, uh, instant. If it's not your turn, you exile a green card from your hand rather than pay the spell's mana cost. Destroy up to two target artifacts and or enchantments. Okay, so the Force Cycle was, I think, created by Eric Lauer rather late in set design. Uh, he, felt this, he felt that needed a, um, a splashy new cycle, uh, and he decided to make some new pitch cards. So... Pitch cards first showed up in, a, in um, alliances, uh, 
Um, and the idea was the, the so the East Coast designers designed alliances. Um, Skeff Life, Jim Lynn, Dave Petty, Chris Page. Um, and one of the things they were playing around with is they liked kind of breaking norms, kind of like taking given magic knowns and messing with them. And one of the things that at the time was true was if you're tapped out, you can't do anything. And so the idea here was, what if we had spells that you could cast even if you didn't have mana? Uh, and so the way they worked was that you could discard a card of the same color. Um, of the cycle, I think two of them also... Um, I, I forget whether you paid a life or took a damage, but like Force of Will, for example, you also had a... There, there's additional life cost beyond just discarding a card. Um, I think the blue and black are the ones that have the life... I know for sure that the Force of Will is. Anyway, we introduced them in, um, in alliances, and they were quite the thing. Um, in fact, if you ever heard my story about alliances, uh, the, um, our customer service people wrote a letter saying how they didn't think we should put out... Uh, they, were, they were very against alliances, and in particular, they were against the Force spells. They thought it, it broke a rule that should not be broken something I hear quite often when I try to break rules. No, no, you, you can't break that rule. Um, anyway, uh, we made them. They were really popular. I mean, Force of Will has gone on to be, you know, one of the most iconic cards in Magic. And, uh, I mean, a card that just plays in every format that it's legal in. Um, the reason Force of Will is not in Modern, the reason that this is a, not... For, is Force of Will is a little bit too strong. Um, but Force of Negation is nice in that it kind of... It's kind of Force of Will, but for a more targeted thing. So obviously it does non-creature spells. So it doesn't stop creature spells, but it can stop non-creature spells. Uh, and it doesn't even cost you the life, so. Um, and also, not only do, it's also dismissed. Not only does it counter them, but it exiles it. So um, it's a dismiss for non-creature spells that's combined with Force of Will. So the blue one's a combination of things. Um, the white one is quirky. The white one's the only permanent. All the other ones are incense. The white one is a flash enchantment. Um... I think the idea was that not knowing... Like, the nice thing about a Flash Anthem is it can boost your creatures and save your creatures. So all of a sudden, whether someone's trying to kill them with direct damage or you're in combat or... There's a lot of times you can surprise people, especially being tapped out and surprise people so you can save your stuff. Um, it also allows you, if you're attacking with like a horde of creatures, to surprise just do a lot of extra damage that's not anticipated. Um... The black one was meant to be a kill spell, but I think they wanted to limit it a little bit. But the nice thing here is um, it allows you to kill multiple things because it can kill everything that enters the battlefield. So it can be an answer to, like, large token generation or um, just there's some shenanigans where people get a lot of creatures on the battlefield at once. Um, Force of Rage is the one we got the most uh, comments on. It is, yes, it is the weakest of them. Um... I think they were trying to make sort of a ball lightning. So ball lightning is a 6-1 uh, trample. So the idea was they're making two little mini ball lightnings that you could do as a surprise in your turn or on their turn to, to be defensive. Um, probably, I'm not sure whether they necessarily had to go away. Um, maybe it's a little too strong if they don't go away. Um, I admit, of the, I mean, anytime you make a cycle, there always is the weakest of the cycle. Um, in Magic, you know... If you look at, like, the boons, and, like, one end you have draw three cards, and the other end you have, like, gain three life or prevent three damage. Eh, not so equal, you know. And um, for every Oath of Druids, you got Oath of Mages and stuff like that. So there's, eh. 
every cycle, uh, maybe we're hitting the nostalgia of cycles by having a discrepancy between the power level. Uh, yeah, the red one's a little weak. Uh, the green one, um, I, I think they like the idea of having some utility for removal. Um, in general, naturalize is something that is better as you get into older formats just because there's more and more powerful artifacts and enchantments. And so the idea of doing something that could be a little more, that you might want to play but can you know, answer more things, or not, not more things, but enter multiple things, um, was behind the green one. Anyway, uh, yeah, that was created as a means to, um, as a means to just get, make something exciting that worked a little bit differently. And, and uh, because of pitch cards, it ties it to the past. Uh, we did pitch cards in alliances, and then we did them again in Rakadian Mask Block. Um, and we did them, we did them one other time. Um, it's something we don't do all that often, so that having them here is kind of cool. It's not something we do on, on any regularity. Okay, next, Frost Walla. Two and a green. It's a 2-2 two, two snow creature. It's a lizard. Uh, for activated snow mana, it gets plus two, plus two until end of turn. Activate this ability only once each turn. Okay, so Frost Walla is a riff on Root Walla, which was from original Tempest. Oh, the real quick story on that uh, is originally Root Walla was going to be Chuck Walla, which is an actual... Um, an actual kind of lizard, but the artist who drew it didn't realize, th- thought we had made up a, cre- uh, a lizard and didn't realize that it was a real lizard, so he didn't quite draw, draw a Chuckwalla, so we changed the name to Rootwalla. Um, anyway, um, this is a riff on Rootwalla, it's, it's basically it's Rootwalla, except instead of spending green mana, you're spending um, uh, snow mana. So, um, uh, green and blue, the snow theme is played up in green and blue. It's the green-blue ar- draft archetype. Um, so just having a green card that sort of... Uh, I mean, it, obviously a 2-2-2-2 is nothing great. I mean, you want to have snow in order to make this work. So this definitely is going to go to the snow player. Um, or at least... No one's going to take it super early where the snow player is going to be much more happy in taking it. Um, it's also the kind of thing that if you take this in the draft, um, you know, you don't need a lot of snow land to, to play this. Um, the one thing I got comments on is funny is I got comment on it from a herpetologist. Uh, so one of the things that's interesting is uh, lizards are um, cold-blooded, uh, which means that they're very sluggish in cold environments. And so the idea that uh, you'd have a, a lizard that is uh, of the snow. And now it's magic and fantasy, and clearly if it lives in the snow, then it's adapted to snow and whatever, adapted to cold. Okay, next, Generous Gift. So Generous Gift was two and a white, um, instant, destroy target permanent, its controller creates a 3-3 green elephant creature token. So this is a... a so we talked about how this was like Time Spiral 2, uh, and it, it's a lot more like Time Spiral than it is like Planar Chaos or Future Sight. There are some mixes and matches and stuff. There's a little bit of Future Sight there. Um, this is the one of the few cards that's very Planar Chaos-y. Uh, this is a green card. I did not write down. The green card is... Um, what's the green card called? So this is a green card. Uh, it's a break in green. We shouldn't have made it in green. Uh, it actually gets used quite a bit in some um, larger formats because it lets green answer stuff. But green's not supposed to be good at answering. Um, but anyway, green's the wrong color for it. Uh, so we did it in white. Uh, white is the color. It's a little bit of bend in white uh, in that white does not have pinpoint land destruction. Um, although, unless you're destroying a very potent land... Uh, destroying a land to give them the 3-3 three, three creatures usually not a great trade-off. I mean, they have to have a very, very powerful land for you to do this. Um, 
there's an interesting question why this ended up staying a 3-3 green. I think that the the idea they liked that it was exactly the card but shifted white, and I think the green one makes it an elephant. I think. Um, I'm not 100% on that. But anyway, um, also, I, I, the other idea is cute is that um, it's a white elephant spell. In fact, I think the... Uh, the play, the play test name for this was White Elephant, uh, which is a slang term for uh, a, a, a gift. A, a white elephant is a gift that you're not quite expecting to get that's a, a, a quirky gift. Um, so anyway, the idea that this was White Elephant we thought was, was funny. Okay, next. Gluttonous Slug. So Gluttonous Slug is one and a black for a 0-3 slug whore. It's a creature. Got Menace and Evolve. So this is another one of the... Oh, I'm sorry. This is not a mix and match because Menace is an evergreen here. Uh, so Evolve is a mechanic created by Ethan Fleischer in the second Great Designer Search. Um, I liked it so much that the very first set I was able to put it in, which was Gate Crash. I did. Uh, it was a perfect Simic mechanic. Uh, oh, basically Evolve is whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, if that creature has a greater power or toughness than this creature, put a plus one plus one counter on this creature. So the fact that it has a low power in zero, zero, three, means as soon as you play another creature, I mean, given if you play a, a, a zero, one, or zero, two, or zero, three, that won't happen. But odds are you're playing something with at least one power, this will get bigger. And the idea with Evolve is as you play bigger creatures, the Evolve creatures get bigger. So it definitely encourages you to play, kind of ramp into bigger and bigger creatures, and then your smaller creatures kind of grow along with your bigger creatures. Um, oh, so one of the things that we tried to do in the set was take mechanics that were limited in their original use. Guild mechanics are a perfect example, because guild mechanics, by the very nature of being a guild mechanic, um, is only usable in the colors of the guild. So Evolve over only appeared in green and blue, because it was a Simic mechanic. Well, part of making and finding new spaces to go was going to other colors. So we went into black, and we made a slug. So And the slug made sense that it'd be not super powerful, you don't really think of a slug as attacking you, per se, so that felt good. Um, okay, so next, we have Goat Nap. Two in a red. It's a sorcery. Um, uh, gain control of target creature until end of turn. Untap that creature. It gains haste until end of turn. If that creature is a goat, it also gets plus three, plus oh until end of turn. So the idea was, this is a threatened variant. Um, it is pl- There's a card in... Onslaught, Onslaught, no, no, sorry, in Lorwyn called Goatnapper that did this, I think it's an enter the battlefield effect. Um, the joke at the time was there's no goats in Lorwyn. Uh, the reason we could make this card and the reason it works here is Changeling. So obviously this card cares about Changeling. Changeling's the only goats. As in Lorwyn, I, did, I, did, I wanted a goat in Lorwyn. I really, really wanted a goat. And I fought so hard to have a goat, just a single goat. It could be rare, I didn't care. Uh, I lost that fight. Uh, here, I think this got made after, um, after I think this got made in set design. So I, I don't know if I had the time, the chance to argue that there should be a goat, but I feel the same way. The lack of a goat is a mistake. Um, from a comedy perspective, I think it is just funny that there's a goat in the set rather than no goats in the set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get the changeling. I just think it's a funnier joke when when you have a single goat. Because um, I think if you have no goats, you go, but there's no goats. But if you have one goat, you're like, you put this card in for the one goat. I just think that's a funnier... Anyway, I think that's funnier. So, um, but, so this is a riff. One of the things we like to do uh, in time spiral-ish sets is take abilities that are enter the battlefield spells and turn them into spells, or take things that are spells and turn them into battlefield effects. 
Um, anyway, it's just definitely kind of fun. Okay, Goblin Champlain, Goblin Champion. It's red, single red, one red, one red mana. Uh, for a zero one, it's a Goblin Warrior, so it's a creature. Haste and Exalted. So a creature, whenever a creature you control attacks alone, creature gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. So the key thing about this thing, it's a one drop, and even though it's zero powered, um, if it, it attacks on the turn you play it, and it's the only thing that attacks probably because it's the first turn, uh, it's a one two. Um, and so it's a cute way. Uh, once again, this is us taking a mechanic that wasn't, I mean, we did, so Convoke first showed up in uh, Selesnia in Ravnica. Interestingly, by the way, Richard Garfield, the creative mechanic, originally made it for Boros, not for Selesnia. I moved it to Selesnia because I thought it played a little bit more, uh, it just played a little bit better in Selesnia because Selesnia was trying to build up and had the whole, its whole theme was community. Um, it does play fine, it, it, not that it played bad in Boros, it, it, just, it, it made a little more thematic sense in Selesnia than Boros. Um, but anyway, here's this is uh, in Boros colors. So um, I, I like sort of us experimenting and pushing. Now, we did bring Exalted back in a core set. I don't think we put it in red. I think we put it in white and black in the core set, playing into sort of a religious theme. Um, so I think I think this is the first red card with Evolve. Not 100%, but I... And not Evolve, sorry, Exalted. I, th- I think this is the first one. I'm not, I'm not 100% on that, but... I, I think so. Um, okay, next. Goblin War Party. So three in a red. So four mana total, one which is red. It's a sorcery. Uh, choose one. Create three 1-1 one, one red goblin creature tokens. Or creatures you control get plus one plus one and gain haste until end of turn. Entwine two in a red. So entwine is choose both if you pay the entwine cost. So, the idea is, for three and a red, I make three 1-1 one, one goblins. For, or, or, or I boost my team by plus one, plus one, give it haste. Um, or for five red red, I make three 2-2 two, two goblins for the turn that can attack the turn you play them. Um, so, the, the key thing about this is it's doing it in twine in a fun way. Entwine's a mechanic from original Mirrodin. So, this is a mechanic that I, I literally dreamed up. Uh, we had taken some stuff out of the set, and I, we were missing something. We needed a mechanic, and I've been like going over my brain, like all the parameters of what we needed to solve. And I went to sleep, and in my dream, I dreamed this mechanic. Woke up, and I wrote it down. Like, oh, that's the mechanic I need. That's my mechanic. I wrote it down. So I, I dreamed up this mechanic. I literally dreamed it up. Um, this is just playing a little different space. I like the idea of. Um, the way all entwines work is they're modal, and you can do, choose between one of two things, and then entwine means you get both. Um, the only quirky thing about this is red doesn't normally do plus one, plus one. Red normally would do, like, plus one, plus oh, or plus two, plus one. Um, it, it's a slight bend. It's not, a, like I said, if you can do plus two, plus one, which red can do, uh, you could do plus one, plus one. Um, but it, it'd be a smidgen more red if it's plus one, plus oh. I don't know whether, I mean, my gut is this is something play design might have made a call on. Maybe this was an actual modern shot, maybe, and so they push it a little bit. And maybe it's meant for the for the goblin deck. I, I don't know. Um, anyway, it's a fun card though. Okay, Grave Shifter. Um, three and a black. It's a two-two shapeshifter, uh, so it's a creature. It has changeling, so this card has every creature type. When Grave Shifter enters the battlefield, you may return target creature card from your graveyard to your hand. Um, so. Uh, I made a card many years ago called Gravedigger. 
Uh, and Gravedigger was a creature that entered the battlefield and it got a creature card from your graveyard to your hand. Um, interesting. Here's an interesting story how, how this card came about. In Tempest Design, we had come up with a mechanic where if you draw it that turn... Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, no, it's a mechanic that... Oh, when you drew it, it had an effect when you drew it. Uh, and the idea was the card cost a little bit more, but had a, a, draw tri- a draw trigger. And we messed around a lot in Tempest with this mechanic, and the idea was that it had a different color back. This is before sleeves were a thing, uh, or weren't a big thing. Uh, so the idea is if, you, you know, if your opponent had that on the back, you're like, oh, they have one of these cards. Show me what it is. And you would show it when you revealed it. And uh, one of the cards we had made had raised dead. That was its effect. And so I think it was a 2-2 two, two, um, for four mana that when you drew it, it raised dead a creature. And that mechanic didn't work out, but I really liked how the card played. So I stapled it onto the creature as an enter the battlefield effect, which, interestingly at the time, was not a thing that we had done. Now, Visions would end up doing it uh, before Tempest came out. So it turns out there were, uh, they had made some cards and visions that I had not seen yet at the time we were making this that also did something similar. So um, some parallel design. But anyway, um, I made an Enter the Battlefield trigger uh, before I'd seen anybody else do it. So I'm always very proud of that. Anyway, one of the things we wanted to do with change things in this set is make some utility cards that were the kind of cards that a lot of decks would like to have but make it a changeling. So a Gravedigger is a pretty universally useful card. A lot of decks could use a Gravedigger. Gravedigger is a zombie, so yeah, the zombie decks have been able to use it, but now other decks, that, I mean, that are black, that are black in them, um, can use it. And so this definitely is one of those cards that is, it's nice as making very general utility changelings. Okay, the next, Hall of Heliod Generosity. So it is a legendary land. You can tap to add colorless, um, or... One in white, tap, put target enchantment from your graveyard on top of your library. So this is a... We did a card in black called Volrol... Was Volrus... Am I mistaking Volrus Laboratory? Or does Volrus Laboratory make the creatures? Okay, there's a card in black that does... Legendary Land that does this. Maybe... Oh, I was like, Volrus Stronghold. Volrus Stronghold. Volrus Laboratory does make creatures. Volrus Stronghold is this card from Tempest Block. I think it was in... Actually, I think it was in uh, Stronghold. Um, but anyway, it's a card in which it's a legendary land, and you could put a creature card from your graveyard on top of your library. So this is the um, enchantment version. I think we also made the artifact version with blue mana at one point. So I think this is the third... I don't know if it's a cycle. Uh, people will see it as a cycle. I'm sure, I'm sure that means we have to do a red and a green one at some point, but... Uh, Anyway, we thought it was a cool opportunity to do something, um, and uh, tied to Heliod. Heliod is the uh, the god of the sun and stuff in um, Theros, one of the main gods, and so this uh, enchantments was a major theme there. So the idea is tying it to Heliod and making it an enchantment version. He seemed like the appropriate person to tie it to from a creative standpoint, and uh, it's just a card that gives you some, in a deck that's heavy enchantments, helps you. Okay, next, Hexdrinker. Hexdrinker costs a single green mana for a 2-1 snake. It's a creature. Um, so it just costs a single mana. Uh, it has a level up, level up one. So what that means is, one, put a level counter on this, level up only as a sorcery. So the idea is, at level one or two, it's a 2-1. At level three through seven, it's a 4-4, four, four, protections from instance. And at level eight plus, so eight and above, 
It's a 6-6 with protection from everything. Um, so the idea is it starts as a, little, a wee little snake and it grows up with time. Um, originally, it gets protection just from a subset of things, which is incense, and eventually it gets big enough that it gets protection from everything. Um, this is the only level up. So level up, car, level up was a mechanic made by Brian Tinsman in... Uh, what was this? It was in... Um, Oh, it was in um, it was in Rise of the Eldrazi. Um, we had made a car, a red-white card, in a previous set that had kind of done that, where you activated it and it got counters and got bigger, and that kind of inspired Brian. Um, Brian might have made that original card. Uh, it was inspired by a card to make a whole mechanic, and the idea is that these are creatures that, with time, can get bigger. Um, Rise of the Eldrazi uh, was on Zendikar, and the Eldrazi had escaped, and. The idea was the, the champions of the world had to step up to, to fight the, uh, the Eldrazi. And so he thought that the level up has a, a very sort of adventure world feel. Uh, you know, like Dungeon Dragon stuff has level up. And anyway, so this was tied to sort of the idea of leveling is something that you see in adventure gaming. And so um, Zendikar is kind of adventure world. So anyway, it thematically made sense there and it tied into the story. Um, one of the issues we had with it is we needed to create its own frame. Uh, the frame we made, while once you understood it was functional, definitely confused some people. Um, we also got a lot of complaints you could only level up as a sorcery. I, that one I'll stand by. I think um, level up cards can be way too complicated uh, if you can level up. It just, the, the, the math of trying to track all the level up creatures when at any moment any one of them could be... Sl- or trying to track when they could get bigger and how much they could do, uh, I don't think that's something you want. Um, so I'm, I'm, I, I stand by that. Uh, but anyway, we made one level up. So if you like level up cards, uh, Modern Horizons has your back. Made a level up picture. Okay, next. Uh, Hogak Arisen Necropolis. Five hybrid mana, hybrid mana. Hybrid, in this case, it's black or green. So five generic mana, a black or green mana, and a second black or green mana. So seven total, two of which is hybrid mana, is black or green. Uh, it's a legendary creature avatar. Um, and it is an 8-8. Um, so it's a creature, obviously. Uh, you can't you can't spend mana to cast a spell. It's got both Convoke and Delve. So Convoke lets you cast spells um, by tapping creatures to pay for them, and um, Delve lets you remove cards from the graveyard. Um, so Convoke, by the way, I think earlier today I had a Convoke card. I I, I think I in, Convoke you can tap colored co- creatures to pay colored mana. Um, Delve, I think you can just reduce by one. But uh, also, by the way, um, the card says you may cast Hogark Arisen Necropolis from your graveyard, and it has Trample. Um, so the idea is you can't cast this normally. You can't spend mana to cast it. You must ta- tap creatures, and um, you can move cards from your graveyard. Now, because you need two colored mana to cast this, and I think only Convoke its colored mana, you need at least two black and or green creatures to tap. Um, the cool thing about this is because it has delve is um, later in the game when it dies you can dig it out now you can dig it out with just creatures with convoke or you can dig it out with a combination of convoke and delve um, but it's an 8-8 trampler so if you can get it out it's pretty, it's pretty scary but it's a quirky card so this is one of our mix and match I think the set is depending on how you count it I think three where there's two different named keywords that are not evergreen this is one of them um, this is the kind of thing I love in Mix and Match. Just kind of make something you can't normally make. And if it just had been Convoke or just had been Delve, 
it would have been a little bit harder to cast. And the fact that you take two different um, cost reduction mechanics and mix them together just gives the card a little extra utility. And then giving it that sort of graveyard utility uh, just helps it fit into some black-green decks and do some cool stuff. Um, I mean, it is hybrid, so in theory, you, you don't have to play it in a black and green deck. You could play it in a black deck or a green deck. Um, that, it's kind of cool in that the, the reason you could do hybrid is everything that's on this card is doable in both colors. Um, black doesn't get a lot of trample, ironically. The, the one thing, uh, but black does have trample, a tertiary if it's big enough, and it's an 8-8, so I would argue it is big enough. Okay. Next, we have... One second. Okay, next we have Ice Hide Golem. Uh, it costs a single snow mana. It's a 2-2 two, two creature, a snow artifact golem. A snow artifact creature golem. So it's an artifact creature, and it's a golem. Uh, and in order to pay its cost, which is a snow mana you must tap a, a permanent that produces mana that itself is of the snow super type. Uh, and this is a 2-2. So the idea is, it's a 2-2 for one mana, which is pretty good. You don't get a lot of those. But you must tap snow. So you need snow mana. Now in a snow deck, like for example, you can, especially in Constructed, you can engineer that all your mana is snow. So if you dedicate yourself to playing a snow deck, you get a free 2-2 you know, that you can play. So that's kind of cool. Um... But anyway, uh, this is the first time I believe we've put snow mana in the mana cost. I think we've done snow mana in the activation cost before, but I think this is the first time we've done it in the mana cost. I think this is, that's, I think that's new to here. Imposture of the Six Pride. So one and a white for a 3-1 changeling. It's a shapeshifter. It's a creature. Um, so interestingly, in Future Sight, we did this thing where we had a, a cycle of um, vanilla creatures in future shifted frames that were full art frames. We'd never done a creature in a full art frame before. Um, and this was teasing that future. Now, interestingly, of all the things in Future Sight that we clearly could have done that we haven't really done, is we haven't really done all the full art creatures. We've done some promo. We've done some promo for art creatures, but one day. Uh, anyway, this is one of those cards where we like riffing off of doing changing off of known things. And so um, the the idea of making a riff on the future side card was kind of cute. Um, and, you know, I, I, I like this creature. I, I like the utility of Changelings. Changelings allows us to make very functional, useful creatures that have a lot of flexibility. The fact that this is a 1w3 one, which is a good creature, and you play that unlimited for sure. Um, but the idea that it's whatever you need it to be. Um, and remember, uh, the white-black deck um, is a sort of a lord deck where you play lots of different lords together with changelings. Uh, and then the white-red deck is a sliver deck, and you can play this in the sliver deck. It will get all the... And I mean, it, it doesn't grant any sliver rewards, but it does receive the sliver rewards. Okay, next. Ingenious Infiltrator. Two blue-black for a 2-3 Vidalcan Ninja. Uh, so it's a creature, obviously. It's got ninjutsu blue-black, which is return an unblocked attacker you control to your hand, Put this card on the battlefield for your hand, tapped and attacking. So the idea is if you, if you have an unblocked uh, tapped attacker, or sorry, an unblocked attacker, doesn't have to be tapped, um, you could surprise and go, ha-ha, surprisingly, it was secretly this. Ninjas are good at disguise. Um, uh, whenever a ninja you control deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. So not only is this um, 
this card itself draw you a card, but it grants all of your ninjas what we call curiosity, which is a saboteur ability that uh, damage draws a card. So this I'm pretty sure before, that other card that was not the uncommon draft uh, uh, builder on draft card. This I'm pretty sure is the uncommon draft builder on. That card felt very rare. This card feels, uh, well, strong, definitely like a, a builder on. I'm pretty sure this is the uncommon um, ninja builder on. Ninjas are in blue and black. Uh, and so not only is this card, this card is co- sort of cool where you can ninjutsu it in, and then if, assuming you're playing a ninja deck, you have other ninjas that are around, um, so that allows you to um, get multiple cards with multiple ninjas. Okay, guys, I made it up through I. So uh, I am now at work. Had a little bit of traffic, so you got a little bit of extra content today. But I'm at work. So we all know what that means. I mean, this is the end of my drive to work. So instead of talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. I'll see you next time with more Modern Horizons.